What's up, dude? Yo, man. What's going on? Not much. I like that. Like, what are we on? Tenth day in a row? Tenth week in a row? Yeah. Is it tenth? I'm trying to think. Ten weeks? Yeah, I mean, because my first day back was March 13th, which means that was a Friday, which means Wednesday would have been the 18th. 13, 14, 15, 16. Yeah, 18th. So the 18th would have been the first Wednesday. Mark, that's like my official start of all this. Was that Monday the 16th? Oh, so so the week week of St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, yeah. So would that be 10 weeks? Let me me look at the calendar for it's got to be at least nine or ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We're in our eleventh week. Damn. Good God. Eleven weeks. <laughs> Unreal. We're 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 starting to pick up steam that things are starting to open now. Yeah, we're uh, on Friday. We're opening like restaurants. Can you can sit outside? Um, re- retail stores you can go into, like all the like non-essential stuff. Our our like city just sent out this big note to the to the town of just like, here's how restaurants can reopen. Like here's the space we're allocating. They're allocating additional city space and private like parking lots and stuff for restaurants to expand outdoor seating. So yeah, it's happening. I can't wait to. Yeah. Although the one thing that I saw about like that they said is, so uh, there's like this weird thing in Illinois where if you're, if your city is big enough, it gives your local government additional authority, but Geneva is not big enough to be granted that additional authority. So we are like strictly bound to the state laws. And what that means is we're not allowed to, they're not allowed to like, I I don't really publicly owned property. And so if, if restaurants do expand into public space, Nick, you there? Hello? Yo, can can you hear me? I can barely hear you. Is this better? Yeah, what were you saying? Sorry. Yo, sorry, my internet has been garbage all day. So I just turned off my internet, my Wi-Fi. Well, this, this should be a fantastic recording then if your Wi-Fi sucks. No, but I, I disconnected. I'm just using data because, like, I'm li- I'm not using data at all in my life. So I figured if I use some now, it's not the end of the world. No. So, so restart yeah. your whole thing. I heard. I heard if you're big enough to govern yourself, you can govern yourself. But then you have to follow the state's orders. Yeah. So 
certain cities that are big enough are allowed to like create their own laws within the laws of the state. But Geneva is not big enough to have that additional authority. It's dependent on how big your population is. So because of that, we're strictly bound by the laws of the state. And because of that, did you hear the whole part about outdoor seating too? Yeah. Okay. So because of that, restaurants that expand their outdoor seating onto publicly owned land, which the city is letting them do, are not allowed to sell alcohol on that publicly owned land. It's only allowed on private owned property. Like cities that can adjust, like the cities that are big enough to make their own rules in certain regards would have the authority to say you can sell alcohol on public lands, but we're not big enough to make that call. So we can't unless the state government says it's okay. So, well, yeah, but like restaurants, I mean, if they own their own private patio, they can still sell alcohol there. But if they have any additional seating on public land, they can't. So, yeah, restaurants make most of their money off the alcohol sales within their business. Yeah, I know. So I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure there's going to be some workaround, or the government, the state of Illinois is going to say, yeah, you're fine to sell on publicly owned land. It's like such an insignificant thing. Like I'm sure, yeah, sure, it makes sense during normal times, but like right now, they should suspend that restriction for restaurants to be. Yeah, because yeah, of course, they make like a vast majority of their margin on alcohol. <clears throat> I think. I think Pennsylvania is opening up real soon. I think it's like June fifth or something like that. We're we're really opening it up. Like you can dine well, outside and shit. Like even your area? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I I think Philly is still locked down, but I think um, I think our area is going to June fifth that we can like eat outside and stuff. Nice. I'm not even 100 percent sure. I haven't been paying attention at all, to be honest. With I read like every day. I have never paid more attention to local news than I have in the past two months. Like every single day I watch the news. I like read what the tribute Chicago Tribune has written up. Like never before did I ever care about this, but now it's like, I'm all about local news. Well, I, I like, I was to a point, but then I got so frustrated. And so like nothing ever changes that like, and the fact that no one has, a clue what the hell they're talking about that just gave up um and i'm like all right i'll just wait until like big news comes out or like the only thing i really care about is sports anymore yeah i know i don't care about like the stories that are emerging from this i, I look for a few things i really only care about updates to policy and like the new numbers being reported that's like the only two things i care about <sighs> but yeah did you see all this stuff about like the NHL potentially coming back? Yeah, I'm excited for it. And so am I because the Blackhawks would be in the playoffs. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Well, and the Flyers have the first round bye, technically. They have to play that round robin, but like they're in the top four seeds. Yeah. But um so there's two this, I find it really interesting. They're gonna have two hub cities for each conference, or one for each conference, and one yeah. of the city cities that is a finalist for the Eastern Conference is fucking Pittsburgh, dude. What's wrong with that? Besides the fact that you hate Pittsburgh, like going into Pittsburgh, like the Flyers have a good like record in that arena. It's just the fact that they're going to their most hated rival's city. Like that, that has to be some like. Like bad, like 
mindset going into that. I don't know. It just bothers me that it's Pittsburgh, too. I thought I for the longest – not for the longest time, but what I had originally saw was Vegas in the west and a Canadian city in the east. Is that no longer the case? I, I heard Vegas was, like, a clear, done deal pretty much um, from the one girl that was reporting on it. I, I haven't heard – anything about what would happen in the east but there's only like two eastern uh or two cities in canada on the on the final list of 10 i think i think it was like winnipeg and like ontario or um not ontario ottawa or something like that really not like i was i would imagine like toronto or montreal would be on that list for sure i i I don't know to be honest i definitely know winnipeg was on there i don't know what the other one was i want to say i don't know i don't want to say the wrong thing I'd be okay with Winnipeg. I love Winnipeg. I, I was such a big Winnipeg Jets fan when they came. They they had like a decent run in the playoffs like two years ago, I think. I've never rooted for a Canadian team. I know. When I when I have no rooting interest, which I haven't had in a while because the Blackhawks have been shitty since fifteen, I have been I normally just pick a Canadian team and and other than the Canucks, because I hate the Canucks, but I'll normally just pick a Canadian team. Montreal is a big one. Love Winnipeg. I hate Montreal. Ottawa is not bad. Um, if I had to root for any Canadian team, it'd be the Flames. Yeah, the Cal- Calgary. Yeah. But I think it's so funny that they haven't won a Stanley Cup since 1993, and it's just hysterical to me. They, they'll get there. When's the last time a Canadian team was even in the finals? As far as I can remember, there hasn't been one. Yeah, 2011. That's farther than I can remember. Who was that? Canucks in uh, Boston. Yeah. They lost in game seven. I think I was still riding that 2010 high that I didn't pay attention in 2011. Fuck you. (laughs) Man, the things I would have done to be born... To, for all of us, I want all of us to have been born like three or four, like five years earlier, so that on at some, even though it would have been summer break, we could have been sitting in a bar, me in Illinois, you in Pennsylvania, watching Game Six, and oh boy, <laughs> I would have had a field day, a field day. I I would have I I dude, I I don't think I'm... I don't think we would have been friends. I no, think we would have officially ruined our friendship. Well, you do know that. Well, there's probably a good chance I would have come out to Chicago, or vice versa. You come to Philly if they were in that playoffs. I think we agreed to something like that. That if I don't know, um, but I we probably go to a game or to a bar at least to watch it together at some point. I should mean, we make game- should we make that pact? Only, only I feel like I'd only do it for hockey though. I don't think I'd do it for football. Because I'd want to be able to do it where, like, I could come. If they played, like, a Friday, Sunday, or a Thursday, Saturday, I'd come out for a long weekend, or you'd come to Chicago for a long weekend, and we could watch a couple of games instead of just one. I don't yeah. care enough about the NBA. NFL is only one game, and it's the winter. Maybe and it's not, like, the final either. If the White Sox ever played the Phillies in the AL Championship Series, right? No, it wouldn't be AL. It would be the World Series. I I don't know who's in what. I I have It'd no be idea. A World about Series. But okay, that I would do. The two things I would do is World Series or um Stanley Cup final. 
what what would we do? Go to a game each or go to a bar each? Uh, I guess it would depend because obviously those tickets are extremely expensive, and and a bar is not. Well, <laughs> a bar <laughs> with me during a game. True. We'll see, but we should we should agree to do that the next time it happens. All right, let gentlemen shake right now. All right, I'm, I'm shaking my hand. Shake, yeah. Dude, I dude. That, so on Twitter right now, um, there's there's a there's a um, what do you call it? A profile called Fans of Philadelphia, and they're doing a bracket style um round. Of, I think it was thirty. I think they started with thirty two. Um, what do you call it? Events, and they're doing the Philadelphia um biggest heartbreak right now. Wow. And they divided it in four sections: the Eagles, Phillies, Flyers, and Sixers. And of course, of course, they're in the they're in the um, it would be the Sweet Sixteen right now, so the Final Four for each region. Yeah. Of course. All it says is Patrick Kane on the bracket. <laughs> All, like in other ones, it says like um, like Bernie Perron's injury from the seventy, like um, Eastern Conference final losses, like different years. But all it says on this bracket it says Patrick Kane. Oh, music to my ears. And Although honestly, that I will... was that was I I have nightmares about that still to this day because not a lot of people know this about me. But the Flyers are my second favorite team out of all Philly sports. I don't think I knew that. And then does it go Phillies, then Sixers after Correct. them? Okay. Okay. I love all of them dearly. Love all of them. But if I had to pick a favorite, it's obviously the Birds. Obviously. Of course. Of course. And then I would go Flyers. Phillies and then Sixers, but I all have deep, deep, true love for all of them. So don't get that twisted out there. Yeah. Although, and we talked about this before, but the, I mean, as excited as I was to see the Blackhawks, because we had come so close, you probably, I don't know if you paid attention, but prior to 2010, the Blackhawks were always getting so close. But the, but the Vancouver, the reason I hate Vancouver is because Vancouver every year would always knock us out. A couple times it was the Red Wings, and then it was Vancouver, and we get in these grueling, grueling series with the Sedin Twins. And, oh, man, I just remember those games being just, like, so intense. I don't we just, remember we just, the Blackhawks ever being good up until 2010. Oh, no. In, in 2000, like, seven, eight, nine, like, we were in the playoffs, but we – I mean, the Red Wings were, were knocking us out, and the Canucks, like – we would make it to like the 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 second round or, or the third round, not maybe not the third round, but the second round. And uh, dude, we played some grueling series. And finally, finally in 2010, I'm pretty sure we beat the Canucks to go to the Stanley Cup, or at, least at some point in that playoff when we finally got over the hump and we beat them. And and then yeah, that Patrick Kane goal though was as as cool as it was. It was like I didn't I didn't know it went in. Not a lot of people did. No one did. No one, yeah. 95% of the crowd did not know. I think 98% of the crowd did not know it went in. And the only person that really knew it went in was Patrick Kane. Yeah, because he starts, yeah, skating off the ice, throwing something. The whole team's like, hey, wait, oh, we okay, we just won. <laughs> cool. 
I remember sitting on my couch watching that and thinking, "What? What is he doing?" And I think even the announcers, if I remember correctly, were like, "Did he score? Like, what happened? Yeah, the puck yeah, in the neck." And then all of a sudden, I see the floodgates open of the Chicago Blackhawks bench, and I'm just like, "No, they can't lose like this." Oh, dude. Oh. Beautiful. That hurt. I think the I think the Flyers won the first game of that series too, if I'm not mistaken. In in Chicago, I don't remember. I only remember the goal. Oh, I, the thing I remember from that series is Patrick Kane's goal. Oh, dude, that sucked. That was one of my favorite teams too. The 2010 Flyers? Yeah. The greatest story I have about that is because the before the Stanley – or no, so the – what would it be? It would be the semifinals. They, they, they came back be, being down 3 up, three nothing to the Bruins, right? So their seventh game, right, series tied 3-3, they came back from 3-0. I don't think I, I ever I knew to, this. I went to Ellis Island that day with my great-grandmother, the one from Italy who had, like, relatives come through there, right? Yeah. So we leave Ellis Island, okay? We're we get in the car to drive back to our house, or, yeah, our house, right? I get a text message from, like, ESPN or whatever, and it said, Bruins 3, Flyers nothing. And I'm, and I'm thinking, oh, my God. And my dad's like, what happened? I was like, Flyers losing 3 nothing in, the ga- in Game 7. He's like, oh, dude, they, they're just blown. I was like, dude, just wa- watch them come back and win it 4-3 exactly and then and then win the series 4-3. I'm telling you. And I co- he goes, yeah, shut up. Get in the car. I get in the car. We drive like an hour and a half. They score, they score like once. We get to an Outback Steakhouse, right, to eat dinner. Yeah. And I watch them win 4-3. It was the greatest time of my life, dude. I was going ballistic, ballistic <laughs> in Outback Steakhouse like an idiot. That's not surprising at all. What's more surprising is the fact that you, like, for some reason, missed the first part of that game. Yeah, because I was in Ellis Island, dude. You couldn't have done that, like, the next day or the day before? No. You know, we just had to do it that day. Damn. Oh, it turned into a good story. So, at least you have that. Oh, dude, it was... But yeah, going back to going back to the NHL, they, I I don't understand how at the NHL of all organizations out of the four major sports are the first ones to come back and say, "Hey, we're playing," or we have at least a plan in place. Like basketball has somewhat of a plan, not really though, and baseball is so far apart. Have you been following that story at all? No, it's this is all too tedious. All the negotiations, it's just too, it's too tedious. I don't like following it. So fill me in because I'm not paying much attention. Basically, back in like March, the players and owners agreed to like a 50-50 split on revenue. Okay, and they agreed basically um, that if like say 80% of the games were played, um the players would get paid 80% of their salaries and so on and so forth, right? Okay. Now the owners are coming back and 
the the reductions are ridiculous. So anyone making like say a million to seven million dollars would only make six hundred thousand dollars throughout the whole year. Only. <laughs> only. Yeah, dude, I'll take only six hundred thousand dollars, please. Dude, when your salary is ten times that much, it's a ninety percent reduction. Like Bryce Harper, and like I forget the exact scale, but Bryce Harper is supposed to make like thirty, thirty-three million, I think, or thirty-five million, something in the thirty range. He's only supposed to make six million dollars this year if if they if the owners and players agree to what the owners want right now. Okay. Yeah, that's ridiculous. How do you tell someone that this this goes to like the whole tax the rich shit that I hate from the Democrats? How does how do you t- tell someone? Oh, we'll sign you a thirty million dollar contract, but instead you're only going to make six million dollars the the whole time, an eighty percent reduction of their salary. Yeah. No. Okay. I get that, but he, I think the underlying flaw is the fact that we have come to value the worth of an athlete to be millions of millions of dollars. Dude, that is a separate conversation. That is a separate conversation. But I'm it's sure the root talking. of the problem. We should be... Dude, it's, dude, dude pl- those players earn the most money because they bring in the most fans. Yeah, no, I get that. But what But what should be... Okay, sorry. I'll, let me go and then you can, you can make your point. What I think should be the case is we should be paying... And you are going to think I sound like such a socialist when I say this. But it would be for the good of everyone once you hear me out. Instead of paying athletes millions and millions and millions of dollars, still pay them, but pay them far less. Still, you know, maybe a million, a couple million, you know, for the for the real for the best of the best, like the the, the mid-tier, lower tier guys get paid like high hundreds of thousands. That's still a shit ton of money. Far more money than you need to live comfortably. Far more. So pay them that and then take all of the excess money you would have been paying these players and invest in your fan base give give your fans free parking cheaper concessions cheaper tickets to the games you know cheaper box seats make this more of a fan event i I don't understand why you think you have to you know just jack up the prices of everything and take all this money just like it's just this like vicious cycle of money being filtered through the same people getting the rich richer and richer and richer while the rest of us are just kind of you know spinning in our little guinea pig wheels of of capitalism so that's that's my take. You know what I did throughout that like minute or minute and a half segment of you talking? What? I I'm laying on my bed. I put my arm down and I put my head in into my arm <laughs> and just closed my eyes. Okay, because like I, I don't whatever. But right? you're talking. Okay, so if 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 they did that and you got to go to an Eagles game and you roll up free parking, you roll up five dollar beers. $2 hot dogs, ticket was 25 bucks, And you can have a time of your life for a quarter or a fraction of the price. You're telling me you wouldn't enjoy that? And Carson Wentz is still making a few million bucks. You know, your guys are still getting paid and they are by no means poor. You know, I don't see how that doesn't benefit any, everybody. No, I, I want to pay the full thing. Just Ooh. I just want to say that just because I want to argue with you. So, okay. Because I, I, I don't want to hear any of this, any of this crap. All right. Bernie 2024. It's not gonna happen. He's gonna be dead by then. <laughs> I hope not, dude. There, there's no, no. 
that, that is a separate argument from what we were having before. I know. Okay. I, I don't... Okay. okay. I'm sorry. I went on a little tangent there, but the urge arose. Anyway, okay. So, so get back to, okay. So, besides all, you know, everything about the owners reducing salaries and whatnot, are the, do you foresee an MLB season happening this year, or is the player association going to just shoot that down? I think you have to. Because if you, if you have a cancellation, or you know, lockout or strike or whatever you want to call it during this time, you're gonna look like the biggest assholes on earth. Both sides, both sides are gonna look like the biggest assholes on earth because baseball is supposed to be the summertime, you know, thing. You know, it carries mm-hmm. people through the summer. And especially during this time when everyone is looking for sports to happen, there's no reason why there should be no agreement to happen. And if the, and if, if both sides can't come to agreement, it is going to look so bad on the league as a whole. Baseball is a dying sport right now. You know, they're losing less and less fans that go to baseball parks every year. I think, like, it, it, it's whatever. Like, it is going to be so bad if that happens. It's going to be unreal. And I hope that God doesn't happen like that. But, like, these owners are just being greedy fucking assholes because they're making people, like, It'd be one thing if it was like, hey, like if we're in August right now and maybe any eighty percent of the season was gone, but dude, you still have more than half a season to play. You prorate your salaries to the exact number of games that are being played. Don't be fucking going. Oh, you're making thirty thirty million dollars. Let's change that to six million. Get rid of that shit, dude. Okay, I mean, I agree with that up to the extent that it is agreeable. Yeah. I just don't understand, like, like, hockey has had, like, I think two, like, play stoppages in my lifetime, one in 04, or no, one in 05 that canceled the whole season, and then one in, what would that have been, 2012 and 2013, I think, I don't, how come I do not remember this at all, what do they do? So 2005, they were locked out because they couldn't even agree to a new CBA. And then 2013, I think it was locked out again. It was our freshman year of college. And they played like they started the season in January. I know that for a fact because their first game was Martin Luther King Day weekend. And did they just play a shortened season? I don't don't remember this at all. All I remember is the Blackhawks started that season like – they didn't lose their first twenty six games or something like that. that. That's the year they. That's the year they went to. Um, they 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 uh, won the cup against the Bruins. Yeah, because tw- yeah, because that would have been spring twenty thirteen. That's right. Yeah. And they won it in dramatic fashion because they, they scored two one. Yeah, and, and they won. They score like yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I watched highlights of that game like a week ago. It's classic. I was rooting for Boston so hardcore during that, uh, pun intended, um, because of the Boston bombings. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair reason to to cheer for them. I mean, I was obviously cheering for the Hawks, but yeah, it was, uh, I think it was Brian Bickle get, gets the first goal, and then Patrick Sharp gets the second one, like. 20 seconds apart with a minute and a half left on the clock. Yeah. I think uh, it was under a minute. I th- I'm pretty sure it was under a minute. No, I, the, fir- the first goal was a little over a minute left, and the second goal was under a minute, like 45 seconds. Oh, yeah, that's what I meant. The second yeah. goal was under a minute. Yeah. 
Oh. And I, I, oh God, I hate, I, I cannot stand Tuka Rask. Cannot stand him. So when we put two by him at that stage in the game to win the Stanley Cup, I was like, ooh, Tuka. <laughs> Yo, he looks like a fish, dude. He's an ugly guy. He always just bothered me because he was like, I think he bothered me the most because Boston fans are, in my opinion, extremely obnoxious at times, especially when it came to watching Blackhawks play him. And just like the fact that they would always heckle the other. Yeah, I know every team heckles the opponent, opposing goalie. I know it happens everywhere. But for some reason, when Boston does it, it rubs me the wrong way even more. So watching their goalie just, just have that happen to him was music to my ears. Besides the fact it was the Blackhawks. Yeah. Uh, oh, like, sports got to, like, I cannot wait for this, for sports to come back. And I'm so excited that at least one of them is giving us real hope. Thank you, hockey. Yeah. Here, so that actually brings up an interesting point. Because I'm wondering if we look at this from, like, a psychological perspective. Which sport do you think the athletes that play it like, how do I phrase this? Which sport do you think the athletes that play it love the sport the most? Like, would sacrifice the most to play their sport? You know, like money aside, you, you think hockey. hockey? You think so? Yeah, most dedicated to their sport, you'd say it'd be hockey. Hockey, hundred percent. Yeah, I'd probably agree. But who would be second? I mean, I feel like I, it's kind of tough. Hockey, I feel like he's a clear number one, but two is tough. Ha, ha, it's either, to me, it's either baseball or basketball. I think football is the least. Really? Yes. Okay. Because there are so many players in the NFL that are like, yeah, I, sh- I wish I would have been playing like pro basketball or something. And it drives me insane. Hmm. Well, if that's the case, I'd have to pick, I'd probably have to pick baseball or basketball. Well, no shit. Those are only two sports left. Well, yeah, but I'm saying if I had to pick between those two, I'm saying baseball players are more dedicated than basketball. Although, okay, I keep I keep going on these tangents, but did you watch the Jordan documentary? No. Oh, it's incredible. I watched, I, wa- I watched like 10 minutes of it, and it was only because of Dennis Rodman. No, it was that's it. very, very well done. I'd, I'd recommend it, but that's the other point. Anyway. I- I'm I'm sure it was well done. It's just the fact that, like I said before, I think I said in this podcast, I think Michael Jordan's stuff is so saturated that I'm just like, okay, cool. Like, yeah. And and I'm not, like, like I'm not a big Jordan fan. Like, I know some. Like, he's the great in my eyes. He's the greatest basketball player of all time. However, I I don't have any like real desire or anything to sit down and watch something like that. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I had never watched a Jordan anything prior so like this is i i was interested in the story for i mean besides the fact that i'm obviously from chicago but anyway it was very well done and what i learned from that is had i been like a teenager or you know in my 20s or whatever in the 90s i would have loved the nba bulls fan or not that the nba in the 90s i feel like was peak sports and then i feel like the nba just went downhill in the 2000s i i I agree with you. You know why? Because of the rivalries. There were so many rivalries within the sport at the time. Yeah. There's 
there was uh, New York and Indiana. There was Chicago and, the and Detroit. Pistons, yeah. There was um, like at the beginning of the nineties, there was still Boston and LA. Um, you know, Sixers and the Celtics. Um, that's always going to be one. Um, and and then you had uh, I already mentioned Chicago and Detroit. Yeah. Um, and then uh, freaking uh, New York and Chicago. And then freaking at the end of it, it was Miami and uh, New York. Like it was rivalries all around. Like yeah. nowadays, you don't have any rivalries to that level, at least. Yeah, because I feel like basketball players these days, like they don't get like as you know. There was hate in the nineties, and they like hate those guys hated each yeah. other. And this day, it's all like, oh, we're part of this brotherhood of basketball, man. We're all part of the sport, like. Push some people around. Get tough. Like, I feel like the NBA is soft. And that's why I don't watch it. I haven't watched – I haven't willingly watched an NBA game in a very long time. But the NBA, to me, is the worst – in my eyes, at least, is the worst league because of the softness. There's, NBA playoffs are great because people actually try, but like, it is so soft from October to middle of April. Yeah, I mean, that's I – I, I maybe I've watched a playoff game here and there. I I could I don't think I have watched a regular season NBA game maybe in my entire life. Not even the Bulls. Not not that I remember. I, I never remember sitting down and putting on the Bulls. Huh. Like I'm I've, different. Yeah, I mean, maybe back in the Derrick Rose days when we actually had like a, a decent team, I might have. I know I at least watched the playoffs back in those days, but that was like a fleeting moment in time. I mean, like if you if there's like a hockey NHL game or a basketball game, there's a seventy five percent chance I'll turn on the hockey game. Oh yeah, over the basketball I would game. turn on the hockey game a hundred percent of the time. There's some players I like watching, though. I love watching LeBron play. Um, Damian Lillard, I like watching him play. Um, there's some other players around the league that I like watching. Um, there's not so many teams I like to watch. Like, there's, in hockey, I love watching the, the Sharks. Even though they suck this year, I love watching them. Bruins, love watching them play. Um, you know, even though I hate them, Pittsburgh – I like watching them play, you know, and it, I maybe it's just the fact that I cheer against them so much that I, that I like watching them play. But um, in bas- I don't have a, a big draw to pro basketball at all. However, you give me a college basketball game, I'm picking that over both hockey and ba- and pro basketball. I would agree. I I yeah, I would agree. I'd pick I'd pick college basketball. I would pick college, like I guess I'd pick really only basketball or football, but. I honestly like college sports. Even even college volleyball is at times really fun to watch. I I hate watching volleyball on TV. Oh, I cannot stand it. I remember when Penn State we won the national championship in like twenty like fourteen or something. I think it was after our sophomore year. It was like Christmas break of our sophomore year, maybe something like that, or what, sometime around then. And I remember watching like the the final four and the national championship game. And dude, I was getting so into those games. It was insane. I was loving it. And like women's college volleyball is 
intense and it, it was a lot of fun. I was like, I was, I was a big fan. Penn, Penn State dominated volleyball throughout high school, our high school career. Well, even during our college, we were, I mean, we, at least, oh, yeah, we won at least true. one national championship, maybe two. Yeah. I, I can, I cannot stand watching college softball. That's one thing I hate watching. I've never watched it. Well, in my family with, you know, my sister's playing softball. Yeah. Like, like my dad, coach, like, it's it's on like when it typically is on like we'll watch it but like I cannot stand watching softball on TV it just doesn't it's not fun to me it's like either a home run or like it's impossible to get a triple or make or double play or anything the bases are too close in softball for the for the type of girls that are playing D one softball the bases are way too close yeah what about college baseball um. I'm only like a college World Series type of guy, like, like the actual like championship round. Like I'm like, I I don't enjoy college ba- baseball at all. But if comparing uh, pro baseball and college baseball, no shot. Yeah. And to me, like college baseball isn't fun. Like. What makes college basketball and college football fun, in my opinion, is the fact that you can watch these players for four years, and then you know, like, like, like this year, like Joe Burrow, like you're able to follow him in pro, um, in pro football, or like Zion Williamson, you know, you're you're able to follow him in pro basketball. So like, but in college baseball, like the best player might not make it through the majors, you know, and same thing with college hockey. Like, even though that's rarely on anymore, um, like you can't follow kids throughout like their whole entire career. Yeah, that's, that's fair. And also it's just, I mean, it's, well, no, I mean, I guess the environment doesn't, but just like watching college basketball, watching like a, a student section is like half the fun of watching the game. I, 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 this is just making me so sad right now that we don't have any sports. Hey, you can watch German soccer. I'm not doing that. <laughs> not doing that. I watched highlights of a game, and it just it just looks weird. I I really want to know what's going to happen with college football and pro football in terms of fans. I'm yeah. almost more intrigued to see what happens with that than to see like if like what type of season is actually played. To be honest to be honest with you, completely honest with you, I'm more intrigued to see how how many fans and what how they do it with that. Because on Subhub I can go buy tickets to to all the games right now. Oh, yeah. Does that guarantee you know, like you know my trips, dude. Like I'm looking to go to Pittsburgh this year to see the Eagles, but like it's just weird to me. Like, how 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 are they going to do that? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. Here's another good question too. Going back to the hockey thing, or even baseball, or like anything else, but like hockey is more realistic. What happens if your team wins the Stanley Cup? Do they have a parade? Like, are like what do they do for the actual Stanley Cup games? Like you, you can't tell me that you're gonna play an empty arena for the Stanley Cup. Like I that think is they bizarre. would. I think they would. 
oh, don't do that to me. I swear to God, this would be the year the, the Flyers or Sixers win the, the championship. I swear to God to you. I swear to God, the one the one time the one one time in my life that they're actually gonna play in the finals and win it is gonna be the time that I can't go to any of the games. I'm telling you right now. I mean, uh, yeah. So wait. So at the end, back to NHL because it's the most realistic. Wait, so it would start in July and end in like yeah. What is the time? When would it end? End of August, early September. What's like the window? Yeah, probably end of August. Because because then like I realize it's it's really only a playoff round, but then you give them like a month off, and then it's like, and then again, is is the NHL regular season going to start again in, in October? I would imagine if, I they, think if they finish the season, they probably would start the next one, even if it is, again, without fans. But at least they could start it on time. Well, that's what I've always wanted to know, too. Like, I've argued this, too. Is that enough time? Like, as you mentioned, a month, maybe a month and a half, two months tops, if they, like, go back a couple a couple weeks. Is that enough time for players to, like, recuperate and rest up? I mean, I would – And I, only, only, like, the – top teams are actually going to play that long. I mean, there are teams who won't even play again this year. And there are other teams that are going to lose in the first round, the second round, and they're still going to have, you know, multiple months off. Right, but still, like, it's 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 tough. You know, I don't want I don't want the 2020 slash 2021 season to suffer because of, you know, us trying to scramble up and, you know, just name a Stanley Cup champion this year. I don't want that. I want the true I want when sports return, I want them to return at maximum effort and ability. I don't want half ass shit. I don't think you'd get that. I mean especially because they've had so long to I mean they've been on you know it's been two months. It'll be at least three until they're playing again. Like that's plenty of time for players to get fully especially because they didn't even play a full season. Like that's plenty of time for them to get fully recovered and then you play another couple of months, you probably won't, don't need that. Considering the physical condition these people are in, they probably don't need that much time to recover. I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm very I, – I can't wait. I think this is going to be like that. So, when you got to think, when hockey opens up in July, assumingly yeah. everything goes to plan, basketball might – I'm assuming open up in July and baseball. If who knows at this point, but hopefully July as well. July, which used to be the worst month for sports, we've had this conversation before. Used to be the worst month for sports. This July could be insane, absolutely insane for sports this year, and I cannot wait for it. It's going to be like a blitzkrieg of hockey, baseball, and basketball. Hopefully. Yep. Well, we're only a month away. I know. It's got to get through June. I know. And then August is college football season then, too. Yep. Can Can we transition to college football real quick? Of course. I specifically want to talk about Penn State recruiting. Yeah, fill me in because I've kind of been following, but I haven't really been following as closely as I would like to be. So, fill me in. So, the, specifically, I'm talking about Penn State recruiting, recruiting inside Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Okay. 
first off, there was there's I think five or six players in the top sixty nationally, and they don't have any of them. Are okay. are, are some of them still uncommitted? Two. So right. four of the six are going elsewhere, but two are still available. Yes. So one. So that really good safety one, or whatever. Yes. That so really good safety, and then Nolan Rushi. Oh yeah. Who's from? Yeah. I get this though, because Rushi is like a top. I according to twenty four seven sports dot com, I think he's like thirteenth or fourteenth in the nation, like second offensive tackle. The you do. Do you understand, like, the crystal ball? Yeah, picks, yeah. Like, what the I look at those, are? yeah. So, recently, all right, it's been Penn State or Clemson for the majority of the time. Recently, he's had a run of Wisconsin picks for for the crystal ball. Really? If they lose him to Wisconsin or any other school for that matter, okay, when, again, he's another player – that is two hours away, less than two hours away, all right, and his dad is a legacy for Penn State football. If they lose him, something is wrong and really fucked up with Penn State recruiting, and I'm about to lose my mind over this shit because for the last two years, they have not signed the la- the best player coming out of the, coming out of the, um, uh, the state. And this whole dominate the state thing was great and all for like two or three years, but now they gotta pick the fuck up because I'm not, I'm gonna lose my mind if they don't sign any of these top guys, especially especially when when one of them is a legacy and the best player in the state right now. It's absolutely ridiculous. When is Nolan Rucci's decision? Has he said when he's gonna make a decision? No, decision? no. But he's not even the best player in the it? state, right? There's like, wasn't there that really good linebacker who's going to Clemson? Yeah, he no, he was like third, I think. So I would think it went I think it went Rushi, then um shit, what's his name? Jordan the quarterback from Jordan Davis or Jordan, something. Uh, Here, I'm gonna pull up the ESPN three hundred. No, it's Derek Davis Jr. is the safety out of Gateway. He's from Pittsburgh. He's leaning towards Penn State right now for what I read. Um Kyle McCord is a quarterback from from St. Joe's prep. He's going to Ohio State and he was second best in the state, I think. Third was Jeremiah Trotter's um, son. I think his name is Jeremiah Trotter Jr., I think. Yeah. Um, he's going to Clemson. Um, fourth, I forget who. I bet Marvin Harrison Jr. He's he, he was he's like he's like fifty uh, eighth in the nation. He's going to Ohio State with Kyle McCord, and there might be one other person in there. I forget. Here, yeah, I'm looking at – okay, so Jeremiah Trotter is number one in PA. He's going to uh, Clemson. Tony Grimes, I know he's from Virginia, but that would be a big pickup for us. Do you know – wait, real quick. Do you know that um, in the history of Penn State football, um, I think I, – I don't know for sure. I think it's either cornerback by itself or uh, um, secondary in general. Has never been a first round pick from Penn State football. Really? So I yeah, really? Marcus Allen would have been second. He would have been the closest that in recent years, and he was second round, I guess. No, nah, he was like fourth. Marcus round. Allen went that late. I guess I, I, I mean I, I don't know how he stacked up, but I, I mean everybody just loved him for who he was. 
All right, I'm looking. Then there's a, the next best player, according to the ESPN 300. Then it goes uh, Derek Davis Jr. at number 28. Number 30 is Kyle McCord. And then 34 is Nolan Rucci. What about this Taiwan Malone from New Jersey? Defensive tackle. I'm just looking at guys in the area. Oh, no. Um, that's everyone I see from PA. Well, Marvin Harrison Jr. is 79. And then right below him is Elliot Donald. He's the guy who's probably going to go to Pitt, right? Yeah, he's – he's um, geez, what's his name? He's a light. Aaron Donald's nephew. Did Aaron, Aaron Donald went to Pitt? Yeah. Well, if we could somehow swing that, that'd be a nice pickup at defensive end. But Penn State has their their class right now. Their average guy, like I, I don't look at ESPN. I look at twenty four seven sports. Yeah. Their average guy, according to twenty four seven sports, is like an eighty eight. Yeah, no, our recruiting like, class, like, and again, I go back to ESPN, but like the rankings of our recruiting class is for twenty twenty one. I mean, we've been like in the top ten. We are currently number sixteen, according to ESPN. We're behind Iowa and Maryland, dude. Maryland has ever, has the 12th best recruiting class. We should not be being out-recruited well, by Maryland. Well, and Minnesota. Minnesota's up there, too. Yeah, I Minnesota's think. eight. I, I, yeah. Well, here's the thing. Here's, well, so this is how I always – I've always had a fit with this, too. So Minnesota, Iowa, and possibly Maryland. I know for sure Minnesota and Iowa, um, they have, like, 20 guys committed verbally, right? And Penn State, I think, only has, like, 12 or 13. Yeah. So, like, that adds into it. So, like, that's that's what I hate when they grade these they grade these things. Like, I think it should be solely based off the average uh, rating of players. Because, like, the one year, Michigan had, like, 29 recruits signed. Like, this is not even verbal. This is signed. And they were, like, fifth in the nation. But their average was like an eighty-eight or something like that, and Penn State had like say twenty, but their average was like a ninety-one or ninety-two, and they were like eighth or something. Like that. Um, so like, that's that's just what bothers me though. But whatever, like, but Penn State's recruiting class is not good right now. Like, but so we but in Penn State's defense, they have they've had low star players or unrated players or anything like that become huge deals at Penn State, like Journey Brown. He signed on the last day of his recruiting class, and he like I looked at this the other day. He was like 999th or 91st in the nation during his year, and now he's like a perennial first round pick next year. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, I'll, I I brought this up before. Michigan State is a perfect example of a team that drafts or recruits three star guys and just turns them into like just a good, like good teams. Like I, we've had this argument before. Not argument, we've had this discussion before. Talent is important, but it only does, it's only half the battle. You have to be able to develop your players. And that comes down to good coaching. It does, but this is, this is my argument to that the whole time. The best teams get the best players. Like look at Clemson, look at Ohio state, look at Bama. Those teams are playing for national championships every year, and Penn State is not. They have to start landing 
huge recruits going forward. And especially inside the state, when you have this whole dominate the state mantra and motto that is on T-shirts, in the Lash building, everywhere across like Beaver Stadium, you're you're getting Ohio, Ohio State has signed more top 50 players coming out of Pennsylvania than Penn State has in the last two years. Yep. They stole Julian Fleming was arguably the number one player in the in the in the country in the country. He lives an hour and a half away from Penn State, and you couldn't do that. Which, granted, plays into the fact that our coaching staff seems to have a revolving uh, door. It does, especially at the wide, yeah, especially at the wide receiver position, which they got to shore up because I'm tired of this shit. But good God, dude, get some recruits and get some players in there. I'm tired of this shit. Yeah, I agree. No, I agree. It, the, the coaching staff is a big thing. Like this year, who we get new offensive line coach, uh, new offensive Which, coordinator. Yo, in it, he's doing a great job recruiting so far. I'll give yeah. him that, Phil Schrowing. Yeah, he's doing an excellent job. Like we have some big name. Like obviously, um, Lang- yeah, Tangwell Tang- yeah. is a is a huge deal. So excited when he said Penn State, he was going there. But and now we're in the running for like. And if we land, if we land Nolan Rucci, if we get him and Landon Tangle on the same recruiting class, that is a good. That's a very good offensive line recruiting class. That's great. That's great. But if we don't get Rucci, I'm gonna flip someone's lid, dude. I'm I'm gonna flip my lid and probably punch someone else out because there's there's no reason why a kid that lives two hours away from you, okay, and is Penn State legacy does not go to Penn State. Zero reason. And. I think one of the reasons why he might go to Wisconsin, other than the fact that they are great at producing offensive linemen and all that shit, is that Penn State didn't recruit his brother, and his brother was a tight end and went to Wisconsin because Penn State didn't recruit him. Hmm. I didn't know that. Like the the whole nineteen eighties Miami Hurricanes, right? This is it, this. I'm not making this up. This was in the. The documentary, The U, for the 30 for 30. Okay. Their coach drew a circle around a three-hour perimeter of Miami and said, this is the state of Miami. No player that is in the top whatever um, leaves this area and does not um, come to uh, Miami. They're coming to Miami or no matter what. And Penn State needs to do that, but they're not doing that, dude, at all. Yeah, and it- – well, I think the mindset of an 18-year-old or a 17-year-old, however old these kids are when they commit, is so different. Because, I mean, like, they have to be thinking to themselves, you know, oh, I have an opportunity to play for, like, you know, the best team in the nation, you know, the Clemson's, the Ohio State. Maybe I should. But, like, if, if you're me, and I realize me as a 26-year-old looking back does not the same as a 17-year-old looking forward. Like, if I were in their shoes, I'd be like, dude, I want to play for a team that is like almost there, but not there. And Penn State is the perfect example of a team that's almost, almost so close to getting over the over the hump into the playoffs, stuff like that. But they just haven't been able to get over that hump. But it was so close for so many years now. I'd want to be I'm one of the guys who says, you know what? I'm going to Penn State. I'm getting them over the hump. They're close, but I'm going to be the one to get them over. Because that's how you like. That's how you make your legacy. Like if you go to a school like Ohio State and you you know, or Clemson or Alabama, and you just are on, are on another team that made the playoff, like big freaking deal. You're one of however many other teams that are the playoff. Like to me, that's not how you make a name for yourself or make a legacy. Sure. You might be a good player to go to the NFL, 
big deal. Fine. Congrats. But don't you want to be a part of a team that you can say like you were a part of the team that changed things like that's so much cooler in my opinion. So like, and again, I'm a 26 year old looking back. These are 17 year old kids looking forward. So completely different mindset, but that's me in my mind. Like I want to be a part of that team. Like I want to be able to say I was on that team when we finally made it. That, that, why'd you pick Penn State business? Because it has an extremely good program, and um, for, especially for okay. what I was studying. Okay, and why didn't you go to, like, say, I don't know, um, freaking Ball State? Because I didn't want to go to Ball State. <laughs> okay, but it plays in the academics, right? Okay, that you can't make that, that, that you. You can't make. I can't. No, because these, no, can't, because you can't I can make that argument. Because I can make that argument because the the players that are getting recruited by Clemson, Ohio State, Penn State, all that shit, they're looking to get into ultimately the NFL. They're not looking to, you know, make their legacy. I I say probably seventy percent of players look at okay, how's this team gonna help me better prepare for the NFL. And and on the fact that, hey, I want to win. So who's winning? Get me there. I just don't like that mindset. Because I feel like that's, like, you know, I get it. It's the same mindset you took. No, but here's the thing. But here's the thing. The the way that that differs is my argument about playing football at Penn State was to be a part of the team that got you over the hump. With that, if you put that, if you use that same logic when it comes to choosing where you're going to study strictly for studying, like I'm not going to go to Penn State because I think me being there is going to make their business school, you know, ready to get to the next level. Or you know, me going to Penn State business has no nothing at all to do with Penn State business school's capability to produce students. Like they're going to do that with or without me. I'm not going to make a difference at all. But a football player would, and that's like where like I don't know. To me, like like right now. And I guess I guess you can't really make that analogy in like the business world, but I don't know. I feel like I'd rather be on a team. Like it's like it's not really an underdog story, but it's all it's like you know you you always want to root for the team. Like nobody roots for the Patriots because they always win. You know you always want the teams that are close, but then they like finally make it. Like th- those are like I don't know. I feel like that's like, just a cooler thing to be a part of. Well, whatever. But I think you got to keep your kids inside the state, especially the good ones, dude. Yeah, I well, I don't disagree with you at all on that. The elite ones. Yeah, I completely agree. It's just so frustrating how Penn State, for a well, again, look, their best recruiting class. What was that? Two, three years ago with Michael Parsons and all that. I was looking at this yesterday. Three of their like top six recruits left, or are not playing with the team anymore. Justin Shorter. Um, Ricky Slade, and I forget, I can't pronounce his last name, but the Nana Asidu, or whatever his name is, the offensive lineman from Virginia that had to stop playing because of the. Well, that's not his fault, but yeah. It's not, though. But that that class was so good coming into it, but three years later, and three of your top six commits are not even playing. Yeah, but but maybe that's the thing. Do these high school kids, like, like does uh, Julian Fleming say, well, Penn State really screwed up uh, with. Justin Shorter, I don't want to be like that. I'm not going to go to a school where that happens to their best wide receivers who are you know, coming out of high school. Maybe that's hap- Maybe that's part of the reason why a guy like Julian Fleming doesn't go to Penn State because he doesn't want to be the next Justin Shorter. Because that story, dude, we completely, 
completely screwed ourselves with that because we never threw him the ball. If I were him, I would be just as pissed. Justin J- Justin Shorter had all the potential in the world. He had a great size. I'm sh- we never got to see his ability because we never gave him the ball. It was criminal. It was criminal. And I, I wonder if players say, look, I don't want that to happen to me. I'm not going to risk it. I'm going to go to Ohio State where, look, like they all they do is throw and they have like five wide receivers who are all NFL ready guys because that's how they develop their team. Yeah, and it also combines the fact that they're – their receiver coach has been there for I think three or four years now. And I think we've had a different receiver coach every year since like 2015. I don't know, dude. But yeah, no, I agree. I, I it's like it's like we're like a like an intermediate like think of it. Like we're an intermediate place for coaches who want to springboard from being really good breakout coaches at one school, come through Penn State to then land their head coaching job somewhere else. It happened with uh, Ricky Ronnie, it happened with Joe Moorhead. Like that just seems to be the case. I would not use Ricky yeah, bad, Ronnie bad example, but he did end up in a head coach. Like, yeah, but you like that's a mid major. Like they they just became D one two like three years ago. I would not use Jim Moorhead or Joe Moorhead. I would use um. Or Josh Gaddis leaving to go to Alabama, I would give him that. But like, we gotta get better recruiting, yeah, well, dude. I'm not. Well, like, I'm wondering, like, 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 is is Kirk Chiabara gonna do this? Like Minnesota, you know, a, a tier down from Penn State. Sure, they had a great season, but he knew that wasn't gonna happen every year. So he's like, oh, okay, I'm gonna take this opportunity to jump ship, go to a school like Penn State, which is bigger and more nationally recognized, and then bam, next thing you know, he's gonna be like the next head coach of like Mississippi State. Like Joe Moorhead, I you can't do like to me. Franklin can't do that. He has to like look like look at the 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 coordinators for Clemson, Ohio State, and what's it called? Yeah, Damn. no, they've been there. Like guys, guys like Brent Venerables, who could probably be a head coach anywhere in the country, just loves yeah. being the defensive coordinator for for Clemson. That when you interview someone for a job like they do it here at, at your regular job too if you tell them hey if you go to an interview and be like yeah i just want a job here for two years then i'm gonna bounce they're gonna give you the job i think that's what you gotta do here you gotta like unless like uh joe Moorhead got offered an sec position i don't blame it on that but you have to create a culture where your coaches are staying and staying along and are not jumping ship to go take jobs at freaking Old Dominion, which in my in my theory could be very beneficial to Penn State, yeah. but like, <laughs> yeah, I think we definitely upgraded our offensive coordinator for sure, dude, for sure. And next year, I'm already looking at the class for next year, so the class of 2022. Yeah. Again, there's not as much talent. I'll give I'll give them that. Not as much talent in um as this year's in Pennsylvania. But there is some decent talent in Pennsylvania for next year, and if they miss, swing and miss again, I swear to God, there's gonna be some. There's gonna be heads rolling. Nope. There's gonna be heads rolling. We can't. You cannot compete with Ohio State and even Michigan for that matter if you're getting two stars and expecting to develop all of them. Okay, you gotta. You gotta get some. You gotta get the majority of kids that are ready to play right away. Yeah. No, I agree. I I, I agree. 
But I think, I mean, back to the coordinator thing, we do have to give some credit, though, to a guy like Brent Pry, who probably could be a head coach at a pretty good school, but has stuck around. And I think he's like, like he is a major component of any success we've had, yeah. both recruiting and on the field. Well, absolutely. And you know, another guy I've been reading that is huge in recruiting. Uh, the running back coach, running backs coach. Well, he's in Florida, yeah. yeah. Him in Florida, but the tight end coach, uh, Tyler Bowden. Yeah, I could see that. He is he he helped uh, land uh, Tangwell. Yeah. Yeah. So he's been doing everything. I I wouldn't be surprised if the next coach that leaves is 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 uh, Bowden. Yeah. He's greater. That's part of the reason why Josh Gaddis got a job at Bama. You think Bama's going to take him if he could just coach him up? No, you got to be a great recruiter when you go there too. And Josh Gaddis was arguably our best recruiter while while Penn State. What he was he the offensive line? What was he? I don't remember. He was receiver. He's a receiver's coach. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> Dude, when we talk about this, I honestly get so angry. Like, you make me so anxious about this because, like, I, I want us to get the best players and obviously, but, like, it's so ner- – it's like, are we going to get them? Or It's like it's nerve-wracking in a way. And you just – you make me anxious about how all this is going to play out because we are literally just hoping that 17-year-old kids pledge themselves to Penn State and will become the next star. But we're just banging on that, and it's – it's kind of absurd. Like the whole idea of recruiting and all that is is really kind of absurd if you really think about it from like a conceptual point of view. But that's like what we what we rely on for entertainment at times. So, well, right now because I'm you know me, I'm big on recruiting, big on draft, and that's all I have to like read up and look forward to during this time yeah. of sports. <sighs> yeah, dude. Like I like, there's been other years where I've been looking at like in May and June, um, where I've been like, okay, this freshman is I'm gonna be one to watch or something like that. Like, obviously Michael Parsons, Ricky Slade, like before the whole Justin Shorter shit. Like I was excited about them, um, and even last year I was excited to see Brandon Smith and a couple other guys. But this year, I can't like. There's no one true freshman that I'm like, damn, like I can't wait to see how this kid does on the field. Yeah. Like last year's class was so like ho hum for me almost. I don't even remember last year's class. Cause there was no like like big name. Like, two years ago it was Parsons. Last year was uh um that other linebacker Brandon, Brandon Smith. Smith. The year before that, yeah, it's like but Like I, I'm trying to think of like there's like the, um, bunch of receivers, like that Parker kid, um, Malik Malega or whatever the kid from Canada, um, but there's not a true like, holy shit I can't wait like I like I follow this shit, yeah. 
right? And, like, I can't tell you a kid that I'm like, wow, or, like, a name that jumps off to me. And that's that's a that's a big concern right now. If Penn State's going to take that reach to the next level of being elite, as as Franklin wanted to say, like, like that's a bad sign, dude. Bad sign. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I don't know though. I don't know. Fuck. Whatever. Whatever. Shit sucks. Yep. I'm gonna look it up right now. Look up what? The recruiting class from last year. Oh, Theo Johnson, Enzo Jennings, Kaziah Holmes. Yeah, I'm. Mm. Uh, Curtis Jacobs, I forgot about him. What does he play? Linebacker. I don't know, man. This is rough. I mean, besides all this, we just need to hope a season even happens in the first place. I don't know what I would do. I don't know what I would do if there was a fall without college football. I I don't know what I would do. Like, on a Saturday in the fall, if I can't just watch football all day, what am I going to do? I have no clue. I'm going to be lost as shit, dude. It's going to be rough. Like, what? Like, you know, another thing that comes to mind is they're just going to waste a year of uh, Lee Corso. Don't, let's not even talk about that. He should be in like a cryogenic chamber right now. Keep him as fresh as possible until game day is back on air. Fresh. Oh. Oh damn it, dude! I love college game day. I love, I love Corso. Who does like? Oh, too good. I'm, I'm really excited to see Tangwell play though. He's be disgusting. You think? Dude, yeah, and here's one of the reasons why I like Tangwell as well, too. Last year when – I forget who decommitted. I forget who it was, but someone decommitted from Penn State or – I think I forget what the situation was. I remember a kid decommitted, and Tangwell says on Twitter, there is no – um, kids rather, like, go somewhere easy than take like, an easy ride. I forget the, how the tweet was worded. But he was so perfect and so, like, fuck you, like, no loyalty type of thing. And I'm like, dude, this is an offensive lineman I love, and I cannot wait for him to watch him play. Because this kid was like, fuck you to, like, these other kids that are, like, don't want to work for their goals or have any loyalty. And this kid was just, like, as a 17-year-old, was like, fuck you. I love that shit. I absolutely love that shit. 
Yeah. Fuck. The nastier, the better. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised that's your mindset. Well, come on, man. I want someone. I want someone to just fucking knock some people around. No, I, I mean, I, yeah, especially yeah. No, I get it. If you're an offensive lineman, you have to be able to like get angry. You know. Here's what I I want to see as a as a coach or as a recruiter. If say my my quarterback gets a cheap shot or anything like that, anyone gets late hit, especially my quarterback, I want my offensive lineman to start running over that player, and I want a penalty called. Like, I would not hold that against them. If they ran over to protect their players and were pissed off and shit and got a 15-yard penalty or whatever, I'd be like, I'd offer that kid a scholarship on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> Want that shit. I'm going to fire it up just thinking about it right now. I can kind of tell. Oh, Fuck. <laughs> Oh, fuck, dude. Yep. Oh, man. Oh, uh, we'll see what happens, man. That's all we can do. All we can do. Blows, but yeah. what else? I know. One day at a time. Oh. All right, dude. Yeah, I'm tired. I had to wake up early this morning. Yeah, I'll be up for like another three hours. I know. What do you even do? Like, what do you do? Uh, show my laptop or like. Over the past week or so, I've been, uh, like, throwing football, like, up and down on my bed, like, laying down for, like, no, a lot, like, two straight hours. Do you at least, do you at least listen to music when you do that, or do you just do it in silence? Uh, last night, I did it in silence for, like, an hour. Um, the other night, I um, listened to music, but I just listened to one song, like, over <laughs> and over again. Um... I'll watch some like Hulu here or there, do some schoolwork. Um but yeah, I mean there's like um what was it? What's today? Tuesday or Wednesday? Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. So su- Sunday night I um just sat on my couch in silence with the TV off and everything. And just thought about like For how long? Uh like a good two and a half what? hours. What? Yeah. Well, that's impressive, I guess, if nothing else. But yeah, most of the time I like listen to music if I do that. But like that other that that night Sunday night was just silence. But mo, I'll, which is weird for me. Usually I play like music in the background, but nah, I just uh just sat and just thought. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. All right, dude. Well, hey, have a good one. I'll talk to you uh, next week sometime. All right, man. I'll talk to you next week. 
Have a good one.